I so enjoy these interviews that I have with my guests. Patrick Gavin is amazing in the work that he does through relationship building and trust. But in this conversation, we talk about energy. And I know energy can be a little woo-woo, but I have come to find that managing your energy level is so critical in how we show up in our lives, both in personal as well as work. I will tell you, energy, when I record a lot of these podcasts, I am standing up. It projects so much more of a positive persona when I'm in front of my guests and you listen to these shows. But I will also share with you that you need to remember to take time away from your work. And I know you are paid to be a high performer and get results. But please, please don't make the same mistakes I have. Get away from your job, from your work. And it is more than just the 30 minutes they suggest for your lunch break or to take a walk. I mean, really, take time for yourself. Don't work on Saturday. Take it off. Maybe you work on Sunday to just get ready for the week. That's fine. That's fine. Forgive yourself for that. But I will tell you, when I didn't do that and I would work for like 13 days straight, I just wasn't at my best. Even though it looked like I was working hard, you are not bringing the best person forward. So with that brief lesson, think about your energy. Can you carve out time to just be by yourself or do what you love, be with your family? And now bring yourself into this conversation I have with Patrick Gavin. You will thoroughly enjoy it. And the very first takeaway on being a great relationship builder is you've got to nurture your body and mind so you create positive energy and enthusiasm that attracts others. Now, that's not going to happen if you're just sitting in front of your computer all the time, which is my tendency. I spend way too much time sitting in front of my computer. And thank goodness my wife will say, hey, let's go on a walk. Let's go to the waterfall. Because when you get out there away from your screens and you're in conversation with your family, you're practicing relationship building with the most important people to you, the people you live with, you're putting yourself in that frame of focusing on a relationship. And I'll tell you what, I don't know any great business relationship builders who can't build strong personal relationships. So I need to do what I advise people to do, which is make sure my relationships are strong. I get reinvigorated when I stand by a waterfall, especially this year. There's so much water. The waterfall was amazing. So getting away from work is sometimes the very best thing you can do for your work. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I am so thankful you've joined us for another episode of our podcast. I get to speak to amazing leaders every single week and share their insights and inspiration with you. If you like this episode, please subscribe and oh my, please rate and review. We are getting so many downloads. I am grateful for all those that really enjoy this content and please share with others so they can also enjoy insights and inspiration. But today it is my honor to bring on to the show Patrick Galvin. 
He believes that people with strong personal and professional connections are healthier, happier, and more likely to perform at the peak. And as a speaker, author, and coach, Patrick helps people build the relationships that galvanize greater success in business and life. And in 2002, he co-founded the Galvanizing Group, a learning and development company in Portland, Oregon, and also enjoys best-selling books, The Connector's Way and The Trusted Way. There are so many things that he has to offer. I'm going to let him tell his story. Patrick, welcome to the show. Deb, thank you. It's really nice to talk to you. So this is a delight for me. We are made of the same fabric. We are all about helping, elevating people, their capability, whether it's individuals or entire organizations. And a special shout out for the relationships and the networking to Lisa Evans, who has introduced us and brought us together today. So thank you so much for the network. But, you know, I just want for you to share your amazing journey. You're such an interesting person with our listeners. And also, how did you arrive at the work? that you're doing now? Well, thank you so much. Uh, Relationships for me are the most important thing. And it's what brings me to a higher place, both personally and professionally. And I say that with complete confidence, but I didn't know the power of relationships when I got started in the business world. So like many people, probably in this audience, I studied business in college and I got my MBA in business. I focused on marketing. And when I came out into the work world, I thought, wow, if you want a company to succeed, it's all about having the best advertising, the best marketing. And I worked for a couple of different companies, had an opportunity to join my family's company, which was in the retail sector. And because I was the family's marketing guru, I was put in charge of all of the decision-making when it came to advertising and the marketing spend. And I was really good at spending money. (laughs) But the bad thing was, those ads, all that marketing didn't result in very much. So it was a real conundrum for me because that's what I had studied in business school, yet it wasn't working. So it got me to think, okay, well, what happened? And I started talking to friends, first in the furniture world and then a variety of different industries, companies that sold products, others that sold services, business to business, business to consumer. And what I discovered was that those institutions that were building strong relationships, those individuals who were doing that were thriving. And those who were focusing in on marketing and advertising, just there's no comparison. So that was a wake up call for me. It got me to sort of reframe everything I was doing in the family business. And after being in that for five years, I got out of the family business and I started a company that would help other businesses grow through relationships. And that was really the the genesis point was failure, Uh, a realization that business is not about marketing and advertising. It's about building connection. And that really shifted things for me. But I'm curious, what is then the relationship between that marketing, brand recognition, putting your messaging and leadership out there? Because that's something I've been pursuing for quite some time that, you know, the environment needs to know what you stand for. How do they marry together? Yeah, so absolutely. So your marketing should be a reflection of what you're doing in the real world when you're one-on-one with people. It is an extension of that conversation that you're having. When the marketing is trying to put a spin on something that you think is just something that you should be saying because everyone else in your industry is saying, which is what I was doing in the furniture world. If you open up a newspaper and furniture still believes in newspapers, they're still there. Most other businesses have left, but you'll see there, the furniture business is still in there. You'll see ads that look very similar, like product mix and pricing. They're competing on the same things, but they're not really telling their story. So if your marketing and advertising is in sync 
with the way you and the way your people are out there telling your story, then it's good. It's an extension of that relationship building that you're doing. But so often it's just something that's kind of pro forma that people are mirroring best practices in their industry. And there's nothing that makes it unique. You can take one financial services company and compare it to another in terms of its advertising. And if you just switched out the names, it would, it would be the same ad. It's just generic. So you've got to stand out. And so you could generically say you're a learning and development organization. I could say I'm a consultant or a coach, but we have to stand out. We have our thoughts. That's why you and I are connecting here and having this conversation, having a conversation, projecting what our individual brands are that makes us different and not like the other furniture company. Right. And it all goes back to your story, your why. I mean, Simon Sinek said it best. There's a lot of companies that are selling the what and how, but what really gets a company to succeed is to have that strong sense of why. So why, Deb, do you do what you do? And is that reflected in the conversations you have? Is that reflected on your website? Is that reflected in your marketing collateral? If it is, then great, you're in alignment. But so many times there's this dissonance between what people are saying when they get one-on-one, that makes all the sense, and they have that enthusiasm and excitement for their business, Versus then what they're, how they're expecting, expressing themselves online or through their marketing. And that cognitive dissonance is a, is a killer in terms of business growth. So your timing is impeccable because that's what the drop-in CEO brand has been going through. And mind you, you have expertise in PR and marketing, and you could probably still do that like it's nothing. And I, too, provide services in business operations at operational excellence, and that's the work I can do. But I just changed my website, and it is the drop-in CEO. We help aspiring C-suite professionals take control of their career and get the promotions they require. That is the work, my why, because having struggled so much, yes, we can help people get them certificates, higher degrees, and get them better at their technical craft, but teaching these leaders to understand their value and expressing it and connecting it and building relationships, those are the things we need to do in order to achieve our goals. That's my passion work. That's the messaging I am now projecting. Again, not a major change, but an evolution, and it's okay to evolve. It's necessary. So galvanizing. If you don't don't evolve, and that is our comparative advantage as small business owners, is we can do that. Now, if you're a giant company with production lines or you have silos of people working in a certain area, for you to shift gears, it's really difficult. But the advantage that we have as owners of small to medium-sized businesses is we can shift and then we can align what it is that we want to do and what we're good at with how we're presenting ourselves to the world. I'd love to know more about the name of your company. The Galvanizing Group? Yeah, so it's a funny one. So when we shifted from a focus on public relations, which is how we were born uh, about 21 years ago, to uh, what we do today, uh, which is learning and development, Galvan Communications, great name for a PR firm, not so good for a learning and development company. A lot of people were calling me the galvanizer when I was out there. Hey, you're the galvanizer. You come and you speak to us and we feel galvanized. And I'll be honest with you, Deb, I thought it sounded kind of cheesy to me. It wasn't, I, I don't know. I just, my perception was galvanizing. That's just a gimmicky thing. But here's the thing. You have to sometimes go with what the market tells you. And that's how they remembered me. That's what they said to me. 
And then I started looking at the etymology of the word and galvanizing is a very cool word. It's a process of treatment of metal, but it's also to spark, to create enthusiasm. And it's a wonderful word when it comes to learning and development. It just wasn't my word. It was given to me by my clients. I didn't like it because for some reason it struck me as cheesy. And I'm just glad I listened to them because I think your best marketing ideas are not necessarily going to come from in here, but they're going to come from out there from the people who know you. And it's their perception of you that is probably going to have more of an impact than your perception of yourself because other people likely have similar ways of looking at you. And if it's a positive, well, then why not go with the flow? So I was recently coached about, you need to come up with like your standout statement or what is it like Deb is the go-to person for X. And I could do all I want and put in X. Like I am the go-to person to help aspiring C-suites for career advancement, but be ready. That's not what they're going to say about you. So you cannot force it. It just has to happen. You just have to be aware and listen and say, hmm, maybe they have something and I need to project something a little bit different or acknowledge and own how the market sees you. Yeah. So cool. You know, I just want to know a little bit more. About a week ago, I, I looked at all your social media. So you're very active, putting your thought leadership out there. And about a week ago, you were in front of an amazing waterfall taking time with your family and you were relating it to some of the work in your book and your principles. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So in my book, The Connector's Way, I have seven rules for building business one relationship at a time that the main character, it's a business parable. So it's someone learning and then sharing the lessons along the way and lessons are being shared with them. And there are seven takeaways. And the very first takeaway on being a great relationship builder is you've got to Nurture your body and mind so you create positive energy and enthusiasm that attracts others. Now, that's not going to happen if you're just sitting in front of your computer all the time, which is my tendency. I spend way too much time sitting in front of my computer. And thank goodness my wife will say, hey, let's go on a walk. Let's go to the waterfall. Because when you get out there away from your screens and you're in conversation with your family, you're practicing relationship building with the most important people to you, the people you live with. Uh, you're putting yourself in that frame of focusing on a relationship. And I'll tell you what, I don't know any great business relationship builders who can't build strong personal relationships. So I need to do what I advise people to do, which is make sure my relationships are strong. I get reinvigorated when I stand by a waterfall, especially this year, there's so much water. The waterfall was amazing. And it puts me in that frame of mind of being optimistic, thinking about connection, and when I went back to my desk and I'm emailing people and I'm talking to people on Monday, I just have that energy and enthusiasm that brings people closer to me. So getting away from work is sometimes the very best thing you can do for your work. And I tell you this because sometimes, honestly, Deb, I forget it myself. So you write books, you, you say these things in large part to remind yourself, right? And it's the same thing for me. Occasionally, I'll feel off track, like I'm doing all this work, things aren't coming together. And I say, Deb. You got to stop. Let's pull out the CEO's compass, your guide to get back on track. <laughs> and a use brilliant a... person wrote that book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe I'll pick up some like, oh, I forgot that compass point. Okay, exactly. let me take some time and work on that and get me back to peace of mind. So a little bit more though about relationship building. I have been on a journey here. Again, certainly when I drop into a business, I seek out those stakeholders. I get to know them, their backstory, because that information is so important. So when we do the work we need to do, we're going to be able to do it. But outside of some of the work that we're doing with clients, when we're networking, 
Networking is a web of interesting relationship building. And I have been on that journey, and I know a lot of people listening have been. How do you find the right pond to fish in? Because you can be networking with so many people, having conversations, but they may not necessarily develop into deep relationships that you can carry forward, collaborate, or be advocates. What are your thoughts about networking and seeking the right relationships to build? Well, I I think a lot of people don't start with the end in mind. And that's the Stephen Covey line from the seven habits of highly effective leaders. So when it comes to building a business, whether it's your own or whether you work for a company, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go in your career? Where do you want your company to go? And think beyond just your annual sales goal, whatever that is. Stretch yourself to that three to five year time frame of, you know, we'd like to be the number one player in this industry, or we'd like to you know, 10x our sales in five years, whatever it is. And then what you really need to do is take stock of your current relationships and realize that maybe not all of these connections that were important to get you to the point where you are, are the ones that are going to get you to your goal. And to really analyze what it is that you want to achieve and align it with who is in your network right now. And you might find that there's some great people in certain industries or in certain levels of their career that have been very useful to you and will probably be more useful in the future. Well, how do you meet more folks like that? How do you nurture those existing connections that are important to you? Because a lot of times people are saying, well, I want, I treat everyone nicely. Well, it's great. There just isn't enough time. So there's really a need for prioritization with your current connections and then being very strategic about where you want to go. And I think a lot of people, honestly, they'll just go from networking event to networking event. And uh, if you don't know where you're heading, are you ever going to get there? And I think a lot of people fall victim. I Look, it reminds me when I was a, a kid, I took a sailing lesson with my brother. And we're out there on this lake and the sailing instructor comes out in his little outboard motorboat. And he looks to me and says, Patrick, what are you doing in your sailboat? It was a little laser sailboat. I said, I'm sailing. And he goes, oh, interesting. And then he asked my brother, it's like, hey, Jeff, where are you going? And my brother goes, I'm aiming at that tree on the other side of the lake. And the sailing instructor turns to me and says, I've got news for you, Patrick. Your brother is sailing and you're just moving around on the water. And his point was, My brother had a goal and a destination. Everything he was doing on the boat was in alignment with reaching that. If you don't have a goal and destination for yourself professionally, then when it comes to connecting and relationship building, you're just randomly out there in the world and you may stumble across something great, but the odds are going to be much higher in your favor if you have a plan and you really take stock of who you're connected with. And when you start realizing where there are some gaps and opportunities, well, it might get you to do some things differently with your existing network and with a network you need to build. So let's just assume we're clear on our strategy and we start developing a strategy around the kinds of people we want in our network. When we have those opportunities, those warm introductions to meet those people, I've heard you know phrases like connect, serve, ask, things like that. What makes a really valuable beginning of building a relationship? Figure out how you could add value to the other person. And I think so many times people are quick to try to extract value from a connection before they've given value back to that person. And I think that's the biggest problem that people run into is they're so anxious to meet that immediate objective that they don't put themselves in the shoes of the other. And if they did that, they would realize that that sort of behavior is sort of as a turnoff. So we all have information 
we have connections, we have ways of helping people. The only way we're going to know what we know is going to be useful to that person we're trying to build a relationship with is to ask that question, that word that you said. A lot of people talk about the golden rule, and I think the golden rule is so overplayed, you know, do unto others as you would want to have done unto you. The platinum rule I, I love is like do unto others as they would like to have done unto them. So how do you know what people need? Well, you have that conversation, you ask, saying, boy, you know, we work in the same industry. You know, I know a lot of people who might be useful to you. I'm not sure who would be most useful. If I can understand your business a little bit more, maybe I can introduce you to someone, or maybe I've read something, or I, I can give you some resource. But a lot of times people immediately jump into the what's in it for them without really having that conversation and figuring out how to deliver value to the other person. And it's so few and far between that people are good at that, that when they do that, they always stand out for me. And I'm delighted to help them in any way that I can, because it's not like, well, everyone does that. It's like, no, very few people do that. So if you go into relationship building with, I think the, the main thing for me, I, I got seven rules in my book, is serve others without thinking how you're going to benefit from them, because you will benefit if you have that mindset. You just don't know who's going to benefit you the most. And it's way easier. If you always approach every relationship in that service mindset, it makes it very easy because you don't have to modulate. You're always looking for opportunities to serve and you can't anticipate who will serve you back or help you or take you to a new place. But if, as long as you maintain that mindset and you act upon it, great things are going to happen. So this has been a great sidebar. If nothing else from me, my listeners, our listeners get to listen to this banter back and forth. Really, really helpful because it has been a challenge just trying to figure out who is significant and serve and wonder if it's going to come back. But again, I know go in with the philosophy. It might not come back or you never know when it will. But the work you do now since you've pivoted and you're helping companies build better relationships paint a picture for me about what a company looked like that was at that place where they realized they needed your services. Because I want anybody that's listening to this, if they're that kind of person, to want to connect with you. And when you did have that person that said, I want to engage with you, what was the transformation your work resulted in? Well, a lot of times people know what their objectives are. In the case of for-profit enterprises, it's to generate more revenue, more sales. And there are a lot of companies out there that provide sales training. We are not sales trainers. What we tell people is we firmly believe that sales are a byproduct of strong relationships. And sales trainers and sales training companies will teach sometimes scripts, closing techniques, things that are really old-fashioned, and they're not really engaging folks in a conversation around what does it take to build great relationships that said, within all organizations, there are wonderful relationship builders. So what we do is when we work with a client, we come onto the scene and we work in small groups of six to eight, and we provide cohort coaching around this concept of relationship building. We call them connecting cohorts. And we get people together. There's a curriculum that we have. It's a written curriculum. We've got 50 online learning courses on various aspects of relationship building. Um, and we take people through our ideas, but what, what we really do is get them to share because within any group of six in any company, there are people who might be really good on social media and LinkedIn, others who don't even use it, some who are really 
excellent at doing old-fashioned stuff like sending out handwritten thank you cards and doing certain things in networking events. And when you get people together talking about these things, about what it takes to build relationships, there are some great ideas that come up in our programs that are not our ideas. They're the ideas of the participants, but there has just been no forum for them to discuss these with their colleagues. And now it's more necessary than ever when people are working remote and that's likely to continue. How do you get this sharing of ideas around what's arguably the most important thing for a business, which is relationship building? Well, you do that through coaching and through group coaching, not one-on-one coaching, because you want those ideas to be disseminated across an organization. So that's really, for us, the key is organizations that believe in relationship building that may have been frustrated spending money on sales training and that want to share knowledge and get to a higher space regardless of their starting point. And the good news is companies that are really good at relationship building, they can always get better. In fact, they understand how important it is. So they're listening from the get-go and they actually are some of our biggest success stories. There's some great companies that are really actually good at it and they realize that they can get better. The the sharp saws always want to get sharper. So uh, everyone can benefit. But there's no one who's above learning. And I say that for myself, too. I mean, the more I learn about relationship building, the more I realize I have to learn. I think that's mastery of anything is an awareness that you are never a complete product, that you're always in process. So learning, learning, learning new skills, learning about relationships. You offer cohorts as well as online learning. And I noticed that you talk a bit about bite-sized learning because we talk about buying online learning classes. Often people don't finish the content and get the benefit. They have to like give up or try again or go through group coaching, but you have bite-sized. What is your insights in how your online learning may actually be more consumable than maybe others? Yeah. So most people are putting their learning uh, moments kind of inside a day that's very busy. So we believe in micro-learning. And we have 50 courses on different aspects of relationship building from some technical things like how do you, you, uh, you know, build a LinkedIn profile that has some resonance to how to create a strategic relationship building plan to how to set smart relationship building goals. I mean, every, every topic under the sun, they're designed, though, to be self-standing. You don't need to watch them sequentially. And we have companies that will get the whole suite of courses And then over time, they'll say, okay, we want you guys to look at course number 13, and we'll talk about it in the next staff meeting. Uh, For the meeting after that, let's do course number 26. So it's kind of paint by the numbers, depending on what the needs of the various teams are. And I think it's really important when you structure micro-learning, and this is, I think, different from the way many people have done it, is it doesn't need to be done all at once, that if you start in course number 36, that's fine. Course number 36 may be the need that you have right now. And that's what we want to address is the need that somebody has in the moment, the need that a manager identifies as being one of, of utmost importance. What resonates with me about that is in my book, The CEO's Compass, I'm not saying blow up your entire system and implement all these initiatives, but you get to choose what you want to do based on what's tracked. So to your point, pick something that's relevant and have those teachable moments now. It's the same thing. Pick up my book and you may be off on not spending enough time doing mentoring of your people or coaching the interactions between individuals. And that's why you're wasting time and not getting the work done. So it's a matter of just picking and choosing what is relevant now. So I love the concept of micro learning. I wish I were part of some organizations that embrace that. So often I was sent out for training took the course and then crickets. 
left to me to try to figure out how to integrate it without any conversation or coaching or even feedback. So I would love to know more about the companies you work with because those are the ones that truly get it. It's about developing the people, their interactions, and then we can get some business done. Exactly. Yes. You've been so amazing, but I would love you maybe to, at this point, share any closing thoughts for organizations or individuals that want to be able to advance their relationship building, even if they don't engage with you, but also any resources or ways to get a hold of you that they can leverage or maybe even connect with you? Well, I have two books on relationship building. They're both parables. So they're stories that share these rules and principles of relationship building. The first came out in 2016 called The Connector's Way. It's a story about building business one relationship at a time. My second book is The Trusted Way. It's actually a sequel. Uh, Some of the same characters are in both books. And it dives into the notion of how do you develop trust? Because what I found with the first book is a lot of people will jump to the tactical stuff of relationship building, but they need to have that foundation of trust, which is what I addressed in my second parable, The Trusted Way. On top of that, if people are interested in Diving deeper, for us, usually it starts with a presentation, a speech, uh, whether it's an annual sales kickoff, whether it's some training during the year. And then from that, people can look at coaching and other opportunities. All of that can be found on our website, thegalvanizinggroup.com. So yeah, I'd be happy to chat with anyone who might be interested in taking their team wherever it is right now to a higher level of relationship building, both internal relationships within, inside the company to external ones uh, with customers. So you just did something and thank you for that close because it was amazing in how you say, here's how best to engage. So often we say, here's the book, here's my course, here's my challenge, but I just want to speak to you. So starting from a place of bring me in to speak at your next opportunity, I actually will be starting to say that more myself in getting the word out there. Bring me in. Let's have a conversation. Let me share some of my insights. Let me inspire and then let the conversation and potentially how we can serve each other. So, Patrick, you've been amazing. I really, really enjoy this conversation for me personally, but I know our community and listeners will benefit from it. And if people want to hear more about the Drop In CEO and all those services, visit my website, dropinceo.com, and you'll also find the CEO's Compass and more amazing podcast interviews like Patrick. So Patrick, I wish you continued success in serving individuals and businesses. Thank you. And may you have a year of wonderful personal and professional relationships, Deb. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.